Welcome into a brand new podcast here at Rivals.com. Armchair quarterback. I'm your host, Woody Womack, joined by my co-host, Adam. You know him as the officer, Friedman, Mid-Atlantic recruiting analyst for Rivals.com. Adam, how's it going today? Oh, it's great. It's great. Another rainy day in the Mid-Atlantic, though, but I'm excited to finally do a podcast with you, Woody. We've been talking about this for a while, and we've, we've got plenty to talk about with all these new football shows that are out there, and, and the season's right around the corner. Yeah, and actually, uh, the, the reason we have our next co-host on the show to begin with, he was exposed to the world of podcasts when you were unavailable, came deep off the bench, basically signed him from the D-League. Now he's essentially here to stay, Dave Lackford. Dave, how's it going? Hey man, we've overcome some adversity. We're back. Let's 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 get it, man. Uh, minor setback for a major comeback with the technical difficulties, but we're here. Let's get it. All right. So this podcast, as I mentioned, brand new. Some of you might be hearing this on the commitment issues feed because we're trying to expose it to multiple audiences. And obviously, you guys are familiar with uh, my nasally tone. Uh, we are going to talk about football and pop culture, talking about TV shows, movies, stuff like that, and tying it into recruiting, of course, because all these football players are on these TV shows were at one point recruits. And in the case of uh, what we're talking about this week, Last Chance you, they're all recruits uh, cur- currently formally maybe futurely in the future for some as well so uh we're going to jump right into it kind of, kind of we watched the first two episodes so this one we're only going to talk about the first two and we're going to try to do two every few days here over the next couple of weeks and then kind of wrap it up and maybe bring in some other people to talk about it as well so uh, we hope you give us a shot bear with us through technical difficulties as this is probably the fifth time we've tried to record this episode so far so boys let's jump right into it what did we what were the overall takeaways we got a new school. We got a new setting. We got a new coach. I mean, everything uh, springs anew. But Lackford, you said it kind of felt like the same old formula. What's your take on uh, the, the show, the first two episodes? Yeah, well, you know, I texted you what I thought the formula was. And you're like, come on, dude, save it for the podcast. Uh, but, you know, it, it's like this. You got a profane coach. You got a rural setting out in flyover states. You got a former FSU QB who screwed up and got kicked out or left for whatever reason. You got, you know, like the illiterate kid who's really fast and can run. Uh, you got the sassy female mentor. And then you got like the earnest white country boy who's not really that good as like a D1 guy, but he's like the leader. He's like the glue guy. So they're following the format. It's on brand. It's canon. And um, but there's there's definitely been I think the cinematography of it has improved uh, vastly. You know, practice makes perfect. They got their reps with EMCC and uh, the ICC. Uh, first two episodes are great. I, I'm, I'm I'm with you, Dave. I mean, the the production value has has skyrocketed. I think this is more of a made for TV team. Um, and and you know, obviously, if you watch these first two episodes, you can tell by the result from the first game. You know, it seemed like Coach was a little more focused on, you know, making sure that he seemed like a a star and really got in that TV time or that camera time and didn't spend a whole lot of time game planning. Um, you've got a lot of the same personalities, but um, it's going to be an interesting year. You got a, some big personalities where you've got. Uh, again, a, a former uh, Florida State quarterback who, you know, for whatever reason, is not on the team anymore. Character issues and such, but um, I think uh, I think it makes for a great season. All these personalities. Yeah, I, I found it uh, to be like it's definitely more production value was put into everything across the board, including probably picking the school because 
it, it, it's clear that they poured some money into the program, whether it be from boosters and whatnot or whoever you have supporting a community college there in Kansas. You got a big time coach who they clearly had to pay a lot of money to come out there. He brought a staff with him of accomplished guys who are who definitely appear to be you know people he's known from other stops. And then you've got you know you've got the brand new Adidas uniforms. All that stuff had to be set in motion before they even started filming. And if you think about it, I mean they're filming. You know, basically, last year around this time is when they started filming. So, you know, they had to make that decision even almost before season two really had had aired. So, uh, I find a, I find a lot of that stuff interesting. It is a, definitely a formula, but it's a TV show. So, what do you expect? I mean, you know, uh, a member of my family works as a producer on the reality TV shows, and you know, she basically lays out the stories every episode, and you have to make something out of nothing, and and that's kind of what they're doing, trying to guide the process, almost like the old. Uh, you know, uh, Laguna Beach, the Hills days when there was talk about whether it was scripted or not. So <laughs> this is definitely not really, scripted. Oh, you could really now. tell that it was, you could really tell that it was like, you know, they were flying by the seat of their pants almost. They didn't get, they almost didn't get their game jerseys in time and would have had to forfeit that game. I mean, it was, they, they were right up against it there a couple of days before the, before the game. Well, well I, they, let me say something. They need to hire whoever it was that got all the gear to the five-star challenge in time because I mean, in Atlanta, all these kids had their bags. They were straight. They got all their cleats. They got all their gear on time. So, I mean, what are we talking about here? You know, you know, how well, that rivals. <laughs> I hit up the guys at Adidas, actually, when I was watching the show, and uh, they definitely dimed out uh, one of their coworkers who was, uh, who was to blame. <laughs> Who is to blame for the slow rival? But guess what? There's a lot of moving parts, and I think when you're a, a big company like that, you're trying to to outfit, you know, teams like Louisville and NC State and stuff like that. Maybe the community colleges kind of uh, get uh, pushed to the back burner. So, the bottom yeah, line but the is the one on Netflix. The one on Netflix needs to get bumped to the top because you know this is bad brand representation. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is a major show, right? But I, I guarantee you, anybody Adidas would tell you. Did they have their jerseys in the first game, and did they look sharp? Yes, that's a yes and a yes, right? And yes, and we also know, and also from the five star challenge, we know coaches can get a little obsessed about organization. You know, remember we had a certain recruit commit to a certain school, and we had certain coaches blowing us up like, "What time? Why is this so disorganized?" Oh, so we were on the other end of that sometimes. You know, we yeah, yeah, I had coaches, but yeah. I had coaches jockeying for for position on the front page of rivals. Why isn't this one in the number one spot? So number two spot. <laughs> Don't worry, coach. Nobody reads rivals anyway. <laughs> right, yeah, I, yeah. I thought, I thought no one paid attention to rivals, coach. What What are you telling me? So uh, anyway, let's jump right into it. We got some categories. We're going to try to. This is going to evolve as we go. This is our main focus right now. Though is last chance you, and uh, we're going to talk about some other shows kind of at the tail end. But but mostly we're sticking to. Uh, we're sticking to this brand and we'll, we'll introduce new shows as we go along. So uh, jumping right into it. Best moment of the first two episodes. I personally think it was when, uh, when, our, when our boy Coach Brown kicked uh, Carlos, Carlos Thompson out of practice. I felt like he was out of line. Uh, we, we talked about that on one of the seven other podcasts we discussed here. I think, you know, without knowing their past, obviously they're tied in a lot together, but it just didn't seem to warrant – the outburst that happened there it really kind of took me by surprise so but in terms of entertainment value that was definitely 
uh, one that I think really, really uh, caught my attention as I was uh, looking up for my laptop. And then, of course, the cow being on the field, the guy shooting the cow. By the way, <laughs> neither one of you guys would have any knowledge of this, but any any cowboy worth two cents is not immediately breaking out the trank gun. Go up, you know, why do you think they do that calf, calf uh, roping stuff? And, and that's because you're supposed to be able to do it. That was not a full size cow. That looked like a, maybe a steer or something like that, or a, you know, middle aged, you know, a teenage, uh, you know, so a teenage sow or whatever it's called. I mean, come on, <laughs> didn't even have horns yet. No, not didn't even have any horns yet. And like you said, you got to be able to lasso these those things if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna get in the game, you better make sure you have all the tools. Um, right. <laughs> but uh, I'm with you. That was one of the funniest parts, one of the best parts of the first two episodes. And I got a kick out of the coach just calling these kids by, you know, some sort of uh, made up made up curse word in the meeting. It, it I got a pretty good laugh out of that, even though, you know, you're not really supposed to be, you know, cussing out kids in, in this day and age. But, uh, you know, I got a pretty good laugh out of that. See, you guys are country, I guess, because you're, you're talking about what you're supposed to do to the cow. I'm from the city. So if I, you know... I, my take would just be pull out the Mac 10 and spray it and we're going to have burgers tonight. <laughs> From the mean streets of Philadelphia there. Yeah. <laughs> well, guess what? Uh, those names that the guy was calling, uh, you know, that's definitely uh, a new character, which, which uh, hasn't been introduced for my cousin, Ernie uh, would definitely call all those. I've heard every single one of those names. He was calling the kids. Maybe directed at me and my cousin and my other my other cousins. So uh, I definitely think those uh, those aren't nothing new. But I mean, it's definitely not going to be a good look for recruiting next year. If you're trying to recruit to next, say, hey, come be on last chance. You, it's like, why? So I can have you call me a bunch of names behind my back. I, I didn't think that was a good look. But Dave, Dave, what was your best moment? I don't know if there's a, a bunch of names. I feel like the bleep stick was just the main one. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of variation there. The vernacular wasn't vast, you know. It was just one name. Um, no, the the cow part was definitely like the funniest part to me, no doubt. Uh, you know, they, they will rush you, you know. And then the other dude was like, "I wish you would rush me. We have burgers tonight," which I can agree with. Like that guy was on my level. That's a dude that can play for me any day, you know. Um, but here's here's one thing that I also like. I, I'm a big juxtaposition guy. I like to I like to compare and contrast, right? So um what's the other coach's name? Oh, Kiyoshi Harris. Um so if you look at the way that Coach uh, JB, Coach Brown curses, you know, he's just straight laying into it. Like he doesn't hold back. He's just blasting you with curses, right? But uh Kiyoshi Harris I'm a, I was in the Marine Corps. I went to Paris Island down there for Marine Corps training. And Kayoshi Harris, he curses like a drill instructor, you know, and he goes, you know, I'm tired of kissing guys' butts, try to play. It didn't work the first god dang freaking time, you know. So, you know, god dang freaking time, if if Coach Brown cursed that, it would be, you know, bleep, 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 bleep time. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the other coach kind of – he dials it back in a little bit and, and those two live together in the same house. So I like that juxtaposition between the two. Cause it, it's, it kind of reminded me of the Marine Corps where you had like one drill instructor who is kind of like the dad drill instructor. He's a senior drill instructor and he's a little bit more calm, but he'll really tear you up if you really mess up. And then you got the other two drill instructors there that are just freaking bananas and out of their mind and they're cursing you out and doing all kind of crazy stuff. Um, so I, I like that juxtaposition there. You know, you have to have buffers 
and the head coach should usually be the buffer. But in this case, that role was reversed, and the offensive line coach was kind of like the buffer between the players and the head coach. Yeah, I agree. I, I had a I had a football coach like that who I actually hated, who would say, you know, "Golly, St. Pete, well, Mac," and I, <laughs> 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 it, would, it would make me so mad. I hate I hate I hated it. Don't it take St. Pete's name in vain, yeah, Coach. Come on. Golly. Golly, St. Pete. Well, man, I forget what else he used to say, but that was the main, that was the main one because uh, he did not cuss. So, all right, moving on. Episode MVP. So of these two episodes, I think the person – this is I'm talking about the person who I like the most, essentially. I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed the teacher, the sassy teacher you were talking about. She's, I think she said she's from the South or she's from – she sounded like she was from Atlanta, honestly. Um but I, I really enjoyed her. The, the amount of patience she has is pretty impressive with me. You know, obviously Brittany Wagner was the kind of the star, and she went on. She's got a she's got a good gig now, and she's essentially a celebrity. Um, but I, I really felt like that teacher. You know, and it wasn't just football players in her class. You saw some female athletes in there as well. I, I really, uh, you know, I really enjoyed her, and I think that you know, bottom line is there's someone like that, whether it's a character or not. To be a teacher at a community college, especially someone like her who came from another area, you know, she's definitely dedicated to her job, and I, I really enjoyed her. So, who, who would you guys have? Uh, well, if we're talking off the field, I'm I'm with you, but on the field, the MVP's got to be Jamal Scott, the running back. I mean, he's he's basically you know carried the team. He's outperforming, you know, a former four star Texas A and M recruit, Rakeem Boyd, and. You know, another former three-star, Kingston Davis from Michigan. I mean, Jamal Scott, you know, really carried the load and, and uh, put the team on his back, you know. For the first two episodes, uh, Jamal Scott is definitely a guy I like. I think that he has a lot of leadership capabilities, and I think that he um, is, is very uh, different than the other two guys there. He's like, you know what, I'm here to earn my spot. You know, if I can't if I can't compete against these guys, I can't p- compete at the next level. That's very admirable. That's something that you want to hear a kid say. It's very mature. But the unsung hero, I think, is Marquise King. Uh, you know, Carlos Thompson gets kicked out during the second practice. And I think Marquise King kind of like sits down with him and has a conversation like brother to brother with him. And, and he's, he's basically like, he's validating what Carlos is saying. And he's like listening to him and understanding what he's going through with the flood with, uh, I think it was Hurricane Harvey that hit Houston. But then he's like, look, man, you got to overcome that. And, and you got to think about how much you have to lose and how long you've been, you know, in this situation. I mean, his last chance you, but it's really Carlos Thompson's like 12th chance, you know? And I think Marquise King is a guy um, who I really admired as a, a young dude who showed a lot of maturity in that situation and was a really good friend and a teammate to, to, to his, you know, fellow wide receiver. Yeah. I, I had him listed as well. I think he's a great character on the show. He's actually still at the school. Uh, I think he was a three-star back in high school, came to the Rivals camp back in the day out of Texas. So I, I do think he's a guy that, that has a good chance to make it. I thought I, I really thought in terms of a lot of the players we were that, that were on this show, he kind of he kind of comes off really well, especially in these first two episodes. All right, episode villain. I think this one's pretty easy. <laughs> That's definitely Malik Henry. It's it's Malik Henry and it's the head coach. And we could kind of talk about Malik now in a little more in-depth. Uh mm. First of all, Malik Henry is not a five star on any on any website in the final rankings. Now, I believe we we probably held on the longest with him as a five star, especially because he was committed to Florida State uh, and th- things like that. But the bottom line is, 
there was a lot of st- <laughs> internal debate on his ranking. And finally, at the end, we moved him down to a four-star. But for them to continually refer to him as a five-star, he wasn't a five-star. I'm sorry. Now, you could say, he, I guess, technically, he is a former five-star because he was at one time in his life a five-star. But it was brutal. But his, his attitude, clearly, they've cast him as the villain. And guess what? You know, he's a, he's definitely a smart kid. It, it's just clear that something's missing there in terms of, you know, the, the off the field aspect. And, you know, I'm not exactly known as, you know, Mr. Great Teammate or anything like that, especially uh, when I played organized sports and we weren't winning. It just seems like he definitely thinks he's too good to be there. And he, and he might be, but unfortunately, that's the situation he landed himself in. But I think he's definitely the villain. What, what say you guys? Man, he completed 53% of his passes there through 10 touchdowns, and he was a four-star. What are we talking about here? He's not too good to be there. Yeah, I'm sorry, Adam. Go ahead. No, that's all right, man. I mean, I'm I'm with you. He's not too good to be there. And, you know, like what he said, I mean, we, we had a lot of internal debate there about his ranking right when he was coming out of high school. And um, I'm glad we moved him down because if there was any kid that we thought you know, had a high bus factor. This was that kid, and we all we all saw it. And um, I'm glad we went with our gut there. But this is the you know that attitude is you know when you talk when you hear coaches talk about you know cancers on the team and, and really dividing the team um, and you know undermining coaching staffs. So this is the exact image that they're worried about. This is the Absolutely. exact thing. Yeah. Yeah. He comes out there and he's like, look what happens when I call the plays. And the coach is like, come on, man, don't throw me under the bus like that. And he's like, yeah, okay, coach. And he's like, ha, look what happens when I call the plays right after he said that to him. And so, um, but he's just so unlikable. He He's not, he's not hard. Like he, you know, the dude isn't from like the hood. He came from a good family. You know, he's like, you know, to quote Eminem, you know, Clarence had two parents and had a real good marriage. You know what I mean? Like, okay, his parents got divorced and all that, but like, you're you're not, you're not, you're not gangster like that, B. And and I think that he just tries to portray that role like he's so hard. And then he has the absolute worst quarterback coach that a kid like him can have in the Frank Diaz guy. What a platitude machine that dude is, man. Uh, everything he says is just like straight from a bumper sticker, uh, except except for when he tells Malik, you're putting lipstick on me, man. You're putting lipstick on me. Who tells another man that that man's putting lipstick on him? Like how, if I'm Malik Henry, I'm not respecting that dude either. I'm laughing at that guy. I was laughing at that guy for sure. And yeah, you know, he was so weak. <laughs> <laughs> can you tell us, wait, can you tell us what that means, Dave? I don't know what that means. I wrote that down as my quote of the episode. You're putting effing lipstick on me, dog. Which I, it, it means it? It, it means you're you're um, you're making me a B. You're making me your B. Oh, you know, okay. uh, you, you know, he's basically washing Malik Henry's drawers right now on the cell block. Is what he's trying to say. You know, and it's like you don't admit that to somebody else. You 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 know how how am I going to sit there and do up downs? in front of you when you just told me that, uh, you know, I'm putting lipstick on you. These are, these are kids, community college like this is not Oklahoma. It's not, it's not Ohio state. You know, those, those kids didn't flunk out and get kicked out. They've, bought into programs they've done what they had to do in the classroom just to stay eligible. They don't have any violations. Maybe they have a few, but they, they didn't get kicked out yet. These kids think about it like this, right? How many times do coaches cover up for their players' mistakes, right? 
If you get kicked out of a Power 5 football program and you're a four-star recruit, that means that you just were unsalvageable. They couldn't stand by you anymore. and They had to let you go. Think about how much energy and time they put into recruiting you and getting you into the program and, and making the the entire system based upon what you're going to contribute. And then they just got to cut you for nothing. So these are the type of kids that we're dealing with here. This isn't like what you see at uh, you know the normal school. These are the castoffs. This is the island of misfit toys. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get a crazy coach like Coach Brown who can't say a sentence without dropping the f bomb. You know, I'm surprised he didn't. I'm surprised he didn't drop a Papa John. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> I got one, I got one comparison for you. I mean, the the guy that I really thought Malik Henry was like. I mean. You think back, you know, you, you look at Lane Kiffin right now and the way that he is on Twitter. We all love him, but think about I think Malik Henry is almost like what Lane Kiffin would have been as as a young quarterback. You know, could you picture that? Just the the, you know, I know more than you. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm an arrogant guy who just wants to take charge. You think that's uh you think that's something that Malik Henry lines up with? I think what do you, Malik- what do you- Here's what I think. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think Malik Henry's a lot like uh, our boy Rob Cassidy <laughs> in terms of. <laughs> and let me tell you. Let me tell you why. Now, obviously, you know Malik is smarter than would you say almost everyone on the team, including the coaches. I would say yes in terms of his IQ. So it's going to be easy for him to get frustrated, and 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 a lot of times guys with that type of personality don't necessarily fit into football. He may he has almost has like a basketball player's mentality, you know. Like so, for him to be the leader of the team, I mean, you know, it, it, it's unfortunate he didn't sign anywhere, as we know, and I assume he's back. He's either back there or at another JUCO. We think is that right? I don't know. I've been trying to look it up, and I can't find anything. So I'm assuming he's back at ICC. I mean, he had some offers. And whatnot, but it didn't. It didn't happen, you know. Um, I want to. I, I want to piggyback off of what you said real quick. Um, when you said he's more like a basketball player, I think he's more like a defensive player. I mean, if he's Emmett Gooden getting those penalties, you don't care. But when the quarterback's getting personal foul penalties, the quarterback's supposed to be the even keel guy that ropes everybody in and gets them focused, and he's out there distracting the learning of others. He's the one out there causing the problems of getting the penalties. You can't have that from a, co- a quarterback. Now, if you're if your strong safety's out there doing that, or your linebacker, your D tackle, he's got like a Lamarcus Joyner kind of personality. If you've ever watched. Um, you know that season that they did uh, was Hard Knocks. He reminds me of Lamarcus Joyner. You know, um, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And that you worked know. out though. Or maybe, maybe this, and you would know Woody because you know Josh Rosen. You know, you, you had uh, Jim Morris saying, you know, the kids always ask him why, why, and he thinks he's smarter than everybody. I think Malik might just be somebody with a lot less self control and discipline than Josh Rosen. Like Josh Rosen probably knows how to play the politics better and control himself more than Malik Henry. Yeah, and I just think I personally think Malik is. I just think. There's something else going on there uh, with, you know, he mentioned he was struggling with depression a little bit. And I I think sending him to the middle of nowhere in Kansas wasn't a good idea. I think he should have probably gone to a JUCO out west closer to his family. I mean, you know, we saw what happened when we went to IMG. He he ended up having to leave there, uh, you know, at the last minute. And he went to three different high schools there and essentially a calendar year. So, you know, the the thing that's frustrating for me is someone who ranks – players and Adam can attest to this is when all the red flags are there and we kind of ignore them. We, we, we should have not, we shouldn't have been ranked that high bottom line. 
Now, when he got to Florida State, he showed flashes. Dave, obviously, you followed him closely, but it didn't work out. And then when it, you know he he didn't win the job, and I think the best thing would have been for him to stay there and you know learn with with Jimbo and whatnot. And instead, that whole situation blew up. Jimbo's gone. He's gone. So it's it's tough on Malik. Now we'll see how it progresses. But obviously, you know, like Dave mentioned, his stats aren't weren't great for the end of the year. Those are out there. So. You know, I think it's a tough situation. I and they were, they were like that in high school, too. His completion percentage was always low. He was always a guy with, like, all this hype, but he didn't – he rarely produced on the field at an elite level, mm-hmm. and that's a red flag. Exactly. Well, I, I can't tell you that having watched it – I mean, I remember going to one seven-on-seven where he was just killing people, him and Isaac Nada, who's now at Georgia, who actually was a five-star. Uh, former, former Florida State commit. Right, they were going to go there together, and they played seven on seven together for Team Tampa that year, and they they were, I mean, they were incredible. So he definitely had his flashes, but yeah, definitely didn't pay, especially the way things went the last couple of years with him transferring schools. It didn't pan out. I wanted to talk to you guys. You mentioned the aspect of three straight uh, Florida State quarterbacks on here. Now, John Franklin was a two star. As ranked by yours truly. I think I stick by that ranking for the, for the most part. He got that right, yep. <laughs> uh, which, boy, can you imagine the flack I took over that one, having a two-star going to Florida State, especially a quarterback. But he was he was a late take for them, and I don't think anybody ever thought he was going to play quarterback. He obviously pursued it to three different, three different schools and one JUCO. Uh, then we had DeAndre Johnson, who got kicked out for, for uh, you know, what happened when he punched the woman in the face. Obviously, a serious infraction. He's at FAU. Actually, him and Franklin both ended up at FAU, coincidentally. And then uh, – and now Henry. I mean, do we put any stock in this? Because, I mean, you know, there's been a lot of talk. I, by the way, Dave, you know what? I'm going to ask you about this. I'm, I'm sick and tired of these Florida State fans acting like they always hated Jimbo and he's a total loser. I mean, did he not win a national championship? What are they so mad about? So I see them – they're the ones I see making fun of. Oh, Jimbo, three quarterbacks, your last chance. You, it's like he he won you a national championship. Why be happy? So Here's ahead. why people don't like Jimbo Fisher at Florida State because his last year there, he quit on the team halfway through, and he didn't even recruit anybody anymore halfway through the season. I mean, who does that? You're still getting paid. And, and, you know, every year it was like he's going to LSU, he's going to LSU, and then he'd, he'd negotiate for a new contract. And and I, I get that, all power to you. You know, get your money while you can get your money. Life is short. Get that generational wealth, pass it on to your people. Absolutely. But fans aren't thinking like that. Fans want kids to be able to sign uh, commitments in, in freaking June. Well, you know what I mean? When, so fans just want everything to be about the school and, and stuff like that. And uh, but yes, Jimbo Fisher did win a national championship. But the thing that tarnished that reputation is the fact that he quit on them halfway through the season. He's calling fans out of the stands to fight him, you know. Um, and 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 it's just you know, and it's also it's it, Woody, it's fans. But right. I want I, I want to okay, go ahead. But I want to go back to DeAndre Johnson, Jonathan Franklin, and also Willie. Okay. Um, well, obviously, I understand it's a bad breakup, but move on. You got a hot new coach. You got Willie Taggart. No, guess what? I didn't, really get that, the, I didn't get that at the ACC media days. They kept asking, uh, you know, the coaches about, you know, the previous spots and all that stuff. You know, Jimbo at SEC media day, you know, all these Florida State questions like move on. They've, he's got a great recruiting class at Texas A&M. And, you know, you don't need to be asking about, you know, what do you think about Florida State and how they've treated you, this, that and the other. Like, just move on. You know, the future's bright at both, both programs right now. Amen. I, I, 
I'm just saying you stole. Hey, guess what? You stole another team's coach who quit on his team after a year and left the whole recruiting class and stole half of them away. So don't be, you know, I understand your fans are going to be hypocrites, but in my opinion, just let it go. You know, let's move on. You know, we heard your daughter watching Frozen earlier, Dave, you know, so. (laughs) (laughs) She actually doesn't watch. She likes Coco. That's her joint. Okay. Her daughter's dark and brooding. Anyway, um, let's go back to the quarterbacks, though. Okay. The former FSU quarterbacks, right? I think you have DeAndre Johnson, who plugged myself. I did a. Uh, article on when I uh, for Florida Varsity, right? And I got I got a, in touch with uh, Brittany Garner, and I got in touch with uh, Trickett, the quarterback coach who's now with Kiffin at FAU. And um, anyone that followed DeAndre's uh, recruitment, you know, he was Mister Football down there in Florida, and he never got in trouble. He was a good kid, and this was just a this was a moment uh, where it's just one bad judgment, one. Poor decision can wreck your future, wreck your life. And I think that's the kind of thing that these coaches are trying to drive home. You know, it's like you're on video punching a woman in the face. Now, Joe Mixon somehow, he, he, you know, he didn't get kicked out of Oklahoma. And it goes back to what I was saying. Like, these are guys that get kicked out of their school because the, the staff can't protect them and keep them anymore. Now, Joe Mixon, you know, is, is Whatever he did, he did it on video. I saw the video. It was horrendous. It was bad. Um, and DeAndre Johnson's was just as bad, right? But DeAndre wasn't a bad kid. And and you could tell that he was very regretful for what he did. He was he took it on the chin like a man. He went on a Good Morning America. Michael Strahan was there. He apologized. He was there with his mom. He took full responsibility for everything he did. And you could tell that he was very remorseful for what happened. And I think that... Um, in his case, what happened was not representative of who he is as a man or how he was raised or anything like that. Now, Malik Henry, I think Malik Henry was just a kid who he's got some stuff going on upstairs. You know, there's a lot of rumors of why he got kicked out of Florida State. And I'm not trying to get into a defamation lawsuit here <laughs> and because none of those are founded. I didn't do any research on it, you know. But, you know, he got kicked out of Florida State for whatever reason he did. Now, John Franklin he left Florida State because he didn't win the job. So you got two kids that got kicked out. One that got kicked out because consistently he had problems and issues. The other kid got kicked out for one awful transgression that I think he's made amends for. And then you had John Franklin who left because he just wasn't up to snuff at the position he wanted to play to his own fault. Because he's fast. He's very athletic. He might have been able to, you know, he might have done a Ermon Lane. You know, who played wide receiver and then switched over to safety. You know, I think John Franklin would have been better served to um, cut bait on the quarterback position. You know, you're not a QB, rip the band aid off. You're fast, you run a 4 4. Go play receiver, go play corner. But that's why Franklin left because he didn't win the spot, right? And we see that all the time, you know. And did we like John Franklin on e, on a, a season two? I, I didn't really care for him. It was the season one, <laughs> season one, season one. Yeah, yeah. All right. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really care for his personality. But so you have three different type of quarterbacks. So there's no like theme there, you know. Yeah, the dog, the dog didn't like uh, James Franklin either. or yeah, James. <laughs> anyway, all right. So re- recruit memories. I wanted to talk real quick about what we remember. Obviously, a lot of these guys uh, were guys that I covered when they were in high school. Emmett Gooden, uh, boy, we went through our ups and downs with him. He was a four star. Of course, everyone assumed he was headed to Tennessee. 
And then I believe he ended up committing to Mississippi State, mm-hmm. and then it became clear he wasn't going to qualify. I don't think he ended. I don't think he ended up going anywhere. He was he was very good in high school, a strong side defensive end from the country. From what I've seen on Twitter, he ends up, you know, being the, one of the stars of the show. I see a lot of girls tweeting at him and and whatnot. I've been seeing, <laughs> seeing a lot of it on my timeline. He actually was set to go to Arkansas. And uh, when all the coaching stuff went down there, he ended up flipping late to Tennessee. So he's headed back to Tennessee. I think they're expecting him to to do some stuff for them this year. We talked a lot about Henry. He went to three different high schools. He was a five-star. I mean, a lot of these guys were were ranked, you know, between. But, I mean, one of the the, – the talk about stars. And then, first of all, all we do is talk about stars. And then, secondly, we have the head coach say, stars get coaches fired. Well, guess what? Stars are going to get you fired if you keep calling everyone erroneous five stars. Yeah. (laughs) You're making yourself look worse by overstating the rankings. So, Adam, you got any any memories of those guys or anybody else on the show? The the biggest memory I have is is of Malik Henry. And I was at um, a Florida State summer camp um, where he he was on the field in the same quarterback group with Jacob Eason, DeAndre Francois, and a former Penn State four-star commit, um, and he's moved on now, uh, Jake Zembiak. All four of them were on the same field, throwing in the same group. Jimbo was coaching them all up, and it was very clear that uh, he was not as uh, you know as good a quarterback as Jacob Eason or even Francois. Um, and you know, even you know when he got criticism from Jimbo. I don't think he took it. He obviously didn't take it as well. And that sort of, uh, you know, you saw all that play out as the future went on. But that was my biggest memory of these of these recruits. Um, a lot of them not from my region. So it was hard for me to um, really keep an eye on them. But um, I do remember the hype around Kingston Davis when he signed with Michigan. Um, there was a lot of uh, comparisons to former uh, big back that signed with uh, Michigan, uh, former five star. Ryan Green. Der- Ryan Derek Green. Green. Derek Green. Yeah, yeah. Who, uh, you know, at the very beginning of my tenure here at uh, Rivals, not not a ranking that I uh, took part in, <laughs> but uh, definitely an enjoyable guy. Derek Green was, but I do remember the comparisons between King- Kingston Davis and Derek Green. Um, but those are my my two biggest memories of these uh, last chance U stars. Yeah, and Kings, we ranked Kingston Davis as a fullback, which came with its share of blowback. He was in class of 2016. And he was famously, if we remember, from Prattville, Alabama, which is when Harbaugh was doing the initial satellite camp tour. He was, I believe, one of the first guys that uh, was viewed as like, you know, fruit from that uh, labor that he was that doing. Which of course we, Right, exactly. So um, interesting, interesting how time flies. Seems like that was just yesterday, but uh, we'll try to talk about a few guys each episode that we remember. Um, all right, so moving on. Any other any other general thoughts from the first episode? I, I wrote I wrote down a few notes. The the you know the sports reporters from the Long Beach newspaper. I mean, come on, man. Let's 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 shave. Let's put on a tie. If if they want you to be casual, at least put on a button up shirt. I mean, they're on there in graphic t shirts. I mean, come on, man. Where you know? Yeah, they didn't <laughs> even identify, out here, they didn't even identify those guys. Like right when they came on, like even for the first couple of clips that they had them on there, I was like, who are these just random guys? You know, that claim to have covered uh, Malik Henry as a recruit. You know, it just didn't make any sense. I, I was really puzzled by that one. And you know, the <laughs> the other one that I'm just you know so weirded out by is you know riding with the cop. I mean, kudos for him being a cop in this small town, but. What are you talking about when you when you talk to this guy about 
the the team and these players that are coming in and all the support behind the the program that can't even fill the stands. I mean, it, it's just it's just odd. Yeah, the the ancillary characters are garbage in this, right? Like the the most articulate guy that they interview is the gun shop owner. I think he uses the word abate, and I was like, all right, I was like clapping. I'm like, look at this fool. He said abate. You know, um, my my thing was that here here's here's something that I take away from this. Why are coaches so obsessed with lions? So he's got that big lion poster. My team's always hungry. Lions ain't hungry. Lions eat all the time. What are you talking about? Sharks are the ones that are always hungry, right? And lions don't even have their own week. Sharks have a whole week, right? And they're always hungry and they're, 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 they're by themselves. You know, they're out there in the ocean and, and they're just, to me, sharks are better than lions. And if last time I checked, humans were at the top of the food chain, right? So why aren't there like more pictures of like Iwo Jima in, in uh, <laughs> coaches' rooms? You know what I mean? Like hey, military strategy, teamwork, brothers, band of brothers, you know, bleed together, go to war. You know, to quote Kellen Winslow, you know, I'm a soldier. You know, what are we talking about here, man? Also, shout out to Animal some Iwo Jima up there, man. <laughs> shout out to Animal Planet, too, for teaching me that male lions don't even do the killing. They don't even do the hunting. The uh, hunting. It's the female lions. Yeah. They're picking yeah. on stragglers. Yeah. Well, that's where my problem is. Okay, here's where my main problem is. We always see people tweet out the graphic, lions don't concern themselves with the opinions of sheep. And it always has the male lions. And like you said, the female lions do all the hunting. Male lions don't do anything except lay around and be lazy all day and hope that they get brought a snack by a more athletic female lion who who is faster and does all the hunting and the male lions are worthless so and guess what you want to know what else there's no sheep where lions are you ever see lions and sheep in the same photo no you ever see you ever see a sheep in the serengeti (laughs) now i will say that we that uh, my uncle john who's been mentioned on the other podcast also father of my cousin ernie who i mentioned earlier used to have this goat named goaty uh which i hated as a kid okay I think uh, the would Phillies. Al- they would always it would always ram me in the stomach, knock the wind out of me as a little kid, right? So I hated this goat. They used to keep it as a billy goat that they kept on a they kept it on a, a chain because you didn't want it getting loose because it was obviously mean. Well, anyway, one time I came over and Goaty was gone. I was like, "Hey, what happened to Goaty?" Ah, uh, he got eaten by a mountain lion. So which would be a cougar if you were in Oregon, but a mountain lion, uh, an American version of a lion, will eat a goat. So I think they eat sheep as well, but that's as close as it gets. And guess what? It was probably a female mountain lion who did the killing. So enough. Shout out, like, shout out to the ladies. For man. sure. For right, sure. exactly. Yeah, we, <laughs> They're doing all the hard work around here. So, all right, uh, moving on. Now, this is a surprise to uh, Officer Friedman. I did instruct Dave to watch the first episode of the Eve reality show, very cavalier. Hold on. Starring. Oh, I need to, which you misspelled, I, by the way. I, I got I got to interrupt you here for one second because this isn't on the rundown. It just happened. So ASA is a big time junior college out of uh, New York City, and they just tweeted a screenshot of Coach Brown from Independence trying to steal one of their players. Coach Brown sliding in the DMs to try to lure one of the players away from ASA. It's, uh, uh, he says, so do you want to stay at ASA? A little background on me. I have 131 kids playing at the D1 and 27 in the NFL and six played in the Super Bowl last year, which is a national record. Son, 
Uh, I have five ex D1 coaches and all new facilities, and we've we've had 91, D, 98 D1 schools come through since last Monday. This just happened about five minutes ago. This is going to be some. This is going to be a storyline. I'm sure Coach Brown, you know, after what we've seen on these first couple episodes, is going to clap back at ASA. <laughs> okay, so watch Friedman's watch Friedman's uh, timeline. I know I know Cassidy loves to go up to SA because his family lives in New York. He makes a trip up there every year. They have probably ten to fifteen D one guys in their own right uh, every year. So I do find that uh, I do find that interesting. Are there recruiting rules? Does that that the rules apply to? Uh, I, I doubt it, right? Nah, yeah. it's high school. Well, no, they're yeah. recruiting from each other. They want Coach Brown's trying to get him this player away from ASA, and I I can't tell who the player is from the screenshot. Um, but apparently, the player is at ASA uh, right now, and Coach Brown is trying to get him to leave. Yeah, I, hope, I hope I hope ICC gets him. So so go go on somewhere ASA with your Twitter do your thing logic here. <laughs> yeah, Twitter do your thing. Get Coach Brown fired. Uh, <laughs> I wish yeah, I wish Twitter would have done their thing towards our Coach Brown, who uh, we we should bring on to rebut uh, the fan the debacle, the fan right the other podcast. So anyway. Before, before Friedman with that breaking news, uh, we were talking about Ooh. Barry Cavallari, starring Kristen Cavallari of uh, the Hills and Laguna Beach fame uh, back in the day when Dave and I were kicking around uh, high school and college or Dave was in Iwo Jima or wherever he was in the Marine Corps. I was in the community college in North Philadelphia. Uh, I was in the community college of Philadelphia. I too am a bounce back. Thank you very much. So you're a big time back from, from community college to law school is pretty big. Minor, minor setback for a major comeback, baby. All right. So, uh, <laughs> so anyway, she's married to Jay Cutler, of course, who, was not ranked as a recruit, at least in uh, the current iteration of Rivals. I believe he was class of 2001, so we just missed him. If I if I had to guess on Jay, I would say he was a three star. He went to Vandy. He had uh, he had some offers, but I, I think pro- probably right if we were to guess on yeah, probably on, uh, a high three star, maybe a low four star if he competed well in camps and and you know in person evaluations. But you know you're you're probably right on them right there. Yeah, so we we wouldn't uh, not like Vandy doesn't sign four stars now, but at that time, especially in '01, probably wasn't going to be seen. He's from uh, Lincoln City, Indiana. So anyway, I told uh, Lackford to watch this show, and Lackford, why don't you explain it to us a little bit and just give us your thoughts on, on Jay's contribution to the show because he really, yeah, I was laughing so hard watching uh, watching our boy Jay. What did you think? Um, I hate every single character on the show. Um, Listen, listen to the women talk, right? Like watch that and close your eyes and listen to them talk. And I guarantee you, you can't differentiate who's talking because it's all the same voice and it's all the same lexicon. If you could, if you could do like a Twitter mute on that show and um, take out the words like literally, take out literally like, oh my God, legit. You would, it would be like my voice was on the podcast earlier where you can only pick up like four tenths of what I was saying. What's four tenths simplified? Did I blow that? Is there like a lesser fraction of four tenths? Do I look like an idiot now? Yep. (laughs) Two Two fifths. All right. 
So I, I'm going to proceed to call these people idiots, even though I'm an idiot. It takes one to know one. I'm a, I'm a bounce back. Forgive me. You know what I mean? Uh, self-educated here. Uh, it, it, they're just so vapid. They're so cookie cutter. Like the only one, and all right, now I'm going to sound like a homer, but the only one I like is a chick from Philly. Cause she comes down there and she's like, I'm not used to this fake Southern stuff where they're like, they say, bless your heart. I'd rather say bleep you. And I'm like, yes, thank you. Like, you know, they say the Southern hospitality, like Southern hospitality is trash. That's garbage. It's a, it's a facade. You know what it is? I'm going to be real nice to your face and try to get in your business and then go talk about you behind your back. And, and, and the, and, and, and there's a formula for these type of shows too, right? So she was on the hills or whatever. But the only reason that I think this is even back is because Jay Cutler retired. And now he's he, – Jay Cutler is an ancillary character on the show. Maybe he's a – maybe an ancillary is too strong of a word. What would you call Jay Cutler's role in the show, Woody? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he seems like he's an unwilling participant. And that's why it's funny. So, this, so let me – He's a hostage. Right. <laughs> so, so the show is Jay, Jay and uh, his – his wife Kristen, uh, who have you know was known for saying Steve on when she was on the hills and uh, and not vaccinating her children. Okay, well I don't we, you know let's not get into that. The kids aren't on the show, Dave, so we're not going to talk about yeah because nobody wants the unvaccinated uh, plague okay. vessels around them. All right, all right, <laughs> <laughs> plague vessels. Bravo, nice okay. job. Okay. Thank you, brother. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, anyway, so she's got she's got some type of clothing line, jewelry line, where you know, basically, this is the type of stuff you see Instagram girls being like, "Oh my god, love my new thing from what is it? The called? flea market or Sky Mall? No, it's called." <laughs> What is it called? Something James. Anyway. Unknown James, I think, or something un- like that. Yeah, anyway. Un something. Something James. <laughs> Bottom line is so- she's she's selling jewelry and uh and she's opening a store and the, the, the concept is, you know, basically Kristen Cavallari, businesswoman, what her life's like now. Uh probably get it probably get a nice little chunk of change per episode. But Jay is on the show. And I mean <laughs> How much did you – you didn't enjoy the scene where the, the girls come over to the house. Jay doesn't even say hello to them. They go upstairs, and I think he says bye. And then No, and then no, Chris, no. He says – she's like – she goes, they can't even get a hello. And he's like, yeah, I'm more of a bye guy. Right. <laughs> Which was funny. Right. And, and she says, well, you know, you're making everyone uncomfortable by being like that. And he goes, no, nah, I'm pretty comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, Jay's great on it. Jay, Jay is my guy. I'd be the same way. Um, I just, I just couldn't marry. Uh, a, I just, I, I, those women right. are so not my type. I couldn't do it. But Jay's funny. He's sitting there watching this like deer stand. It's not even on his property. He's just watching these deer, and he's chilling. Like he worked his whole life. He made millions of dollars. He got a beautiful house. He's chilling. He's retired, right? And he just retired. And she's like, "No, you're in the house too much." I'd be like, this is my house. And, and and you got this fake job that the reality TV show made you so that they have something to talk about. Because honestly, what is your job? You're on reality TV. That's what you are. You're not like some uh, jewelry connoisseur. You're not, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're, you're basically Sky Mall. You've, you've crafted a bunch of trash jewelry that you could buy at a yard sale somewhere, or some stupid flea market. And that's your job? No, the, the TV show created that for you. And then, and then you, you have your... Oh, I, I, it's okay. just, I I'm watching say, it, Woody, for you, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a team player. I'm, I'm going to practice. I don't want to practice at five in the morning, but I'm there. How many episodes have you watched, Dave? Both of them. 
Okay, there was a new one last night too. So, so uh, Friedman, I don't know if it's being watched in your uh, house. Or yeah, not, it, but, uh, uh, it gets watched in the background, and I'm lucky enough to have my headphones in while it's while it's on. I'm doing my own work, doing my thing. But I looked up the other day. It's funny that you brought this up. I he, I looked up, and Jay Cutler's on there. He's got you know his beanie on and everything, and I wasn't sure what the wife was watching, and I, I took off the headphones, and I was like, Hey, Lauren, is, are you watching Breaking Bad? Because Jay Cutler looked looked like badger anybody remember i'm sure you guys watched <laughs> yes you know, i'm yeah. sure you guys watched that he yeah, looks like yeah, badger yeah. one of uh one of uh the guys that's on that show i thought it was pretty funny she laughed at me but um i'm not that i'm definitely not getting into this show um unless jay cutler's saying something funny okay so we will check in on it a little bit because jay is so funny uh it's it's highly enjoyable it gives us a little little uh little back talk uh real quick we're going to zoom through some topics uh, we well, got hold on, Woody, hold on, Woody, Woody, wait, wait, wait. We're going to stick with this show, right? Yes. Because yes, I'm going to yes. watch it. I'm going to watch it. All right. Okay. I'm going to hate watch it. I'll end up liking it because I'm dark like that, dark and brooding. We'll, we'll probably talk about it sometime next week after because, I mean, we're going to have to bust through these uh, Last Chance You podcasts pretty quickly and kind of just let them populate the feed. So we will check in on uh, Very Cavalry sometime next week, I think. All right. So keep watching. I've already watched three. So uh, there's definitely you got one one to catch up on from last night, Dave. So uh, <laughs> we wanted in the in the news real quick, in the news real quick. This is big for us in this podcast. ESPN to air all access series on the Alabama Crimson Tide, documenting the defending national champions preparation for the 2018 football season. So we got four episodes, uh, training days, rolling with the tide. Films throughout the summer debuts August 9th, and best believe we will have a show on August 10th uh, talking about the show for sure. This looks like it follows the team in the offseason, which which I find interesting because you knew Nick Saban was going to let them in, this, in the facility dur- during the season. But I think it's going to be interesting. Are, are you guys excited to see what it's like behind? I'm the really scenes? excited. I mean, this guy, you know, this is this program is like the you know, it's like the New England Patriots. You know, you don't know what happens behind closed doors there, and. Uh, you know, you don't find out too much in, you know, behind the scenes and in, in hard knocks, you know, what really happens. But um, I, I love what you see, just the, the limited amounts, you know, the locker room, some of the conversations between the players. It's cool to see the personalities come out a little bit. Um, and uh, I know a lot of those guys on that Alabama team, too. So it'll be cool to see those guys. Yeah. Exactly. So is this going to be is this going to be like um retroactive are we going to see like why vandarius cohen gets kicked out and stuff like that i, I hope cool. so i mean it's during the summer it's yeah it's uh, it's uh, it's going to be i believe it's already been been filmed so my guess would be it'll it'll bring you right up to uh the start of training camp so they might still be filming some of the later episodes but my guess would be that cowan stuff is in there so let's well, hope so i don't know if it can knock uh the Cavallari show off the Pantheon here of excitement, but I, I think it, it has it's a chance. It's interesting that uh, Alabama is now all of a sudden doing this after the uh, the Michigan one that was on Amazon. I don't know if any of you guys watched that one. That one was interesting too, but, um, you know, interesting that uh, Alabama is now so, sort of following suit. Well, why do you think? Why, why do you think Alabama? Like, why does Alabama even need that? Are they getting paid? I mean, they don't need any more money. They don't need any publicity. Why it's do you think PR they're doing thing, it? Especially after you know the last year and a half of you know this storyline that Nick Saban's recruiting is falling off and this, that, and the other. You know, right now they're I think at the top of the rivals' team recruiting rankings, and 
you know, I think the PR move was to, you know, get some exposure, get the fans back on their side, show everybody that, uh, that um, you know, all is well, all is well in Tuscaloosa. Uh, but we'll, we'll break it down a little it's bit a, more a, once the show comes out. So you think it's a maintenance thing? It's like we're already on the top; we got to stay on top. So this is how we stay there. Okay, I, I feel you on that. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a good show. I think it'll be enjoyable. Last thing, real quick: uh, Real World Road Rules Challenge. I know you're deep oh, into man. it, Friedman. Uh, how- how many episodes are we in? Three. Three yeah, now? I think I, I got one to catch up on because I've uh, you know I've got a million weddings and things of that nature this summer. But um, I've got I think I have one to catch up on. But this is a good season. I like it so far. So who do you real quick? Uh, I think we got teams of two. Dave, I don't know if you were familiar with this show, if you watched it or, or not. Friedman's big time into it. Uh, we got teams of two. We got enemies that are teammates with each other. So so who's your pick to click here? Who, who do you got going to the well, end? Well, now that Bananas finally has a, a freaking partner, him and Tony, I mean, it's it's hard not to see them, you know, kind of burying the hatchet and making it to the end and then Bananas screwing Tony over. Uh, just like he did Sarah at the end of the uh, the other season, um, yeah, that that's got to be the pick there. But I, I thought Zach and uh, his partner, who I'm blanking on right now, um, I thought they would do well um, before Bananas kind of you know uh, the producers worked the system for him again. <laughs> I think he has the girl with the uh, freckles. I forget her name. Also, yeah. <laughs> sadly, uh, I can't. So, all right, Johnny Bananas uh, and Tony, who I really dislike. He's really not fun to watch on there. Uh, the guys to pick for Friedman on the Real World Road Rules Challenge. What's it called? Uh, it's called um, the Final, yeah, Reckoning. Final Reckoning. That's right. Final. It's hard to keep it straight. This is like season 36 or something. Right, exactly. Great show. Friedman loves it. When he gets drunk, he'll give you a detailed breakdown on uh, everything. <laughs> the officer doesn't drink. <laughs> oh, he's been known to have a few uh, whiskeys uh, with one cube of ice. Is that right, Friedman? I don't, or two? I don't know. I don't <laughs> know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <It's> possible <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Oh, oh, Adam, Adam, I forgot to tell you. Um, our guy Brenton Strange from the uh, Columbus. He's from West Virginia. Oh, you know the three star tight end. Camp series success story. Yes, absolutely. That was our guy, right? Okay, look, I got him. I'm trying to get him to watch Last Chance You. So shoot him up. Or shoot him. Don't shoot him up, officer. Don't shoot him. Last thing you do, officer, don't you, hit him up and tell him to make sure he watches at least like the first four episodes. Um, it's because I want to get some of his takes. I want to get some players' thoughts on this. You know, like uh, is this normal? You know, because um, you'll you'll see later in the sociology class they'll say is is behavior deviant. Or is this normal for, you know, a football coach? So I want to try to get some players' takes on this and be like, would you play for this guy? You know what I mean? I, so, will, I, will, I will pass on the message. All, All right. right. All right. So that, that wraps it up for us. I hope it was a successful first episode. We are still in the process of uh, getting approved through iTunes. So uh, you can find us on SoundCloud for now. Give us a chance to uh, do a bit of a soft opening here. But uh, be sure to pass these along to your friends. Tell, tell whoever you know. Adam's got so many friends. You know, Dave told me today he has one friend uh, in Kentucky. I definitely have zero friends in the Atlanta area. Uh, so <laughs> I can tell you that it's up to you, Friedman, to boost the audience of this show because uh, Dave and I, we're just personalities, you know? We're superstars, but that doesn't, it's hard being in the public eye. You don't have many I got, friends. I got, I got popular yeah, friends. It's a huge network of all six of my friends that are all getting married in the same year. So, We'll knock it all out in one fell swoop. I'll tell them all about it. 
Yeah, tell I, a I, friend I, to tell a friend that it's them again. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Guess what? That music you heard at the beginning of the episode and you're about to hear now, it's our boy M. Deuce. I guarantee you he's going to listen to the show. I will be out in Oregon next month. We might have to do a little bit of a a live show, especially if that documentary of mine, speaking of movies, things are looking very good, boys, for us to get into the film festival. The ticket is booked. August 1st is when we find out. So, uh, uh, we will continue updates, especially here, since this is the uh, TV and movie podcast. So, M. Deuce, our boy, play us out. Mm-hmm.